creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. Friday, January 11th, 2019, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studio, on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. Over there on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. Also on the line from Nashville, Tennessee, Tyler Huckabee. Hey, everybody. And down the street, author, speaker, podcaster, cowgirl extraordinaire, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. It's official. You saw that I put uh, cowgirl in the bio for the last word that you wrote yeah, for the yeah, current yeah. issue of Relevant. <laughs> it got real within that latest issue of Relevant, so now it's real. When our stupid little podcast jokes get into print, That's they right. become permanent. Yeah, exactly. I'm okay with it. There are way worse things you could have called me in the last year. So I will take it. That is true. I was going through edits. I was going through edits for the mag, and I saw that one in there, and I briefly thought, like, did somebody just copy and paste from the podcast copy and drop it in yes, and me. nobody missed it and then I was like you know what even if that is what happened I'm not going to take it I just I, I, I think it just it kind be. of belongs here. I, uh, well we have a great show in store for you today coming up later Levi Lusco joins us now this is a different conversation than the episode of Unedited a few weeks ago where Levi joined us uh, yeah so Levi has a great new book out and uh, he joins us to talk about how to make 2019 your best year Yes. A- Annie, how, how close are you to like really leaning in on this? Like I was listening to an interview <laughs> this week with uh, Will Farrell, and he talked about as a joke during his first year on SNL, like he had a, a sketch where he was like a country western singer and he, and <laughs> like just how it, just how like things worked out. They did like the dress rehearsal and he had to wear the costume, but it got bumped to the next day. And so uh-huh. he ended up just wearing the costume two days of road to work. And we're just like <laughs> just hanging out in the country western outfit. And he said that like he decided from then he was going to wear that outfit every single day for a year and give offer no explanation for it. It's just and the, did he? he did. He did. He said he said one time Alec Baldwin was coming to host and he goes, are those your normal clothes? And Will Ferrell's like, uh, it's kind of a long story. And he said, this is what Alec Baldwin told me. This is like, he's first. So he goes, good. It's not a good look for you. And he's like, <laughs> he was like, that sealed it. I have to wear this outfit for a full year. Here's my point, Annie. I think you should just have your cowgirl girl extraordinaire outfit. And that's just like Ernest, or it's just like yeah. a, a cart, like Scooby-Doo or like Bart Simpson. You just have something you wear every day. And it's just part of your persona. How do you feel about that? Okay. Or Steve I mean, Jobs. I have two dreams. I one of them, oh, you know. Okay, wow. so a- Annie, Annie is you know a, a successful best-selling author, and uh, in the Christian market, successful best-selling authors have to do the morning radio circuit from time to time. They have to go on yeah, the Christian true. radio t- true, morning yeah. show. And I know for a fact that these people do a lot of interviews and they don't necessarily know all the guests that are booked to come in. And so they do right. a quick bio search, a quick Wikipedia search, and, and then they ask the same five questions in every interview. Yeah. My hope is that Cowgirl Extraordinaire <laughs> pops up on one of these online describers of you right. and that a very sincere, earnest interviewer introduces you that way to their yeah, local radio too, market. You know, it does tap into like a, well, what was your second dream of your well, life? That, that then 
it becomes so ubiquitous and associated with you. Nobody knows the origin. Nobody knows. They just assume it is true about you yeah. that you actually then decide to go ahead instead of having to say <laughs> it's a joke. I'm going to embrace it. I'm a rhinestone cowgirl and you get a hat, you get a, like a, a tassel vest and you just uh-huh. lo- you just hunker down. It's, it's a self. It. It's, it's yeah. yeah. We just re- reverse engineered a persona for you. Andy. That's what I'm it's saying. a self-fulfilling That's what I'm prophecy. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay. That's what I want. Cow, cow pokes are, are they're, they're not an everyday occurrence, but they're not. Right. Uh, they are I, if you're I on Broadway. It doesn't, it doesn't if you're on that one, that one street downtown right. with all the honky tonks, they're yeah, an everyday Broadway. occurrence. You, you'll see plenty. So I think, Annie, what that means is you need to really go for it. If you want okay. to, if you want your bona fides as a cowgirl extraordinaire, I mean, like spurs, yeah. chaps, chaps. And, and, and like you okay. need to really like, you need to dig into the persona. That's a spurs of, joke. Well done. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a Spurs reality. It's, it's where you need to it's because otherwise you're just going to be another one of those like, oh, she must be in town for like a bachelorette party yeah. or something. Right. It just thinks right. that she okay. this is what we dressed like. What's here. my what's my first move? Do I start with a hat? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what your first move yeah. is. You walk oh, yeah, in. You, you walk will. into this the the sketchiest honky tonk in town. I'm not talking one on Rhinestone Row or whatever you. you uh, it's called Broadway. <laughs> Broadway. Listen, Rhinestone Row. I think yeah. I, 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 I'm sorry, like Annie. For people Row. who live outside of Nashville, this may shock both of you. Broadway, we think of something different when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think there's another one somewhere. I think there's another one somewhere. But you go in, you go into the sketchiest one, you know, and you and you kick those double flapping, you know, saloon doors. Pl- yeah. yeah, so saloon I go to doors. a saloon. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay, and and, and uh, she doesn't live you know, in Tombstone. She lives in Nashville. It's all I mean, the same. It's all the it's same. All yeah, but the it's the, they're there. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. And here's the progression. I know you like the sparkly rhinestone sneakers. You post sure. about them way too much on Instagram. I did it once. I did it once. Just to one, be fair. But go ahead. One time too many. And so <laughs> I think you evolve to cowgirl boots. I think you. I think you, you find a cute pair of boots that you like, right? And then okay. you start bedazzling and enhancing your boot life they can you can go they can pink boots you can get you know all that you can get fancier and fancier boots i think that's how it goes first that's phase one phase two small hat you find the hat you find the, <laughs> the woman's hat I, I think that's good cameron thinks good you should wait cameron wants you to wade into the kiddie pool yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the third phase is is vests and chaps like you don't go there you're not ready for that yet no no, no you're not no, ready for that problem life. cameron you, you're she's you're, you're making ready. her go way too ubiquitous here like she's just random cowgirl a cowgirl yeah. extraordinaire does not wear a small hat she wears a 15 right. gallon hat a gallon, yeah, that's <laughs> right. she wears like a, okay. a, like a, a pharrell hat that's like three times taller and also annie when you walk into your saloon you'll be like i'll have a sarsaparilla i don't even know what sarsaparilla <laughs> is i'm pretty sure no one knows what sarsaparilla is but you do know if you're a cowgirl extraordinaire that's your beverage of yeah. choice yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. walks right. into the saloon the piano player like stops because you know it's cowgirl extraordinaire like everybody kind of yeah. like looks her away a little like giving yeah. her the side eye like oh it's all yeah someone playing texas hold'em clears their no, no, throat no no no, no. Yeah. she's not a rough a rough rider she's not an outlaw she's a cowgirl extraordinaire no. meaning rope tricks Lots and yeah. lots of rope tricks. She's <laughs> she's like a, okay. she's a song and dance girl. She kind of like she performs. She walks into the saloon. Everybody turns because they're ready for a show. The extraordinary yeah. is here. She's like the Roy Rogers of Rita cowgirls. McIntyre has worn this really beautiful short red dress with um, fringe on it that I feel like is what you are describing. I feel like I feel like what we're it's describing is sparkles. the plot to the seventh installment of the Buster Scruggs film. Like this is literally <laughs> this could literally be the seventh one and. 
that movie. You guys are, you guys saw it, right? Buster no, Scruggs. Buster Scruggs, yeah. No, what is it? Yeah, the brand yeah, new Coen Brothers movie they released to Netflix, and it's six short films as one feature from the Coen Brothers. It's, it, but they're all. Is like, it in they, the theaters right now? No, no, it went straight. It was like directly to Netflix. Like it was like a big, it was oh. a big coup for them because they got the Netflix. They got the. And Coen wait, Brothers is it all movie. country and western? Yeah, and they all oh, play you know how on much like I a, love that. Listen, they all play on a country western trope, like a gunslinger, like a gold prospector, like an outlaw, <laughs> you know. But I will say this, Tyler, you've seen them. Hey, Chandler, that. have you seen the, have you seen Buster Scruggs yet? No. They're incredibly dark. Incredibly dark. They start off funny <laughs> and then they all they all end they Wait. all end very violently, Annie. It didn't so. inspire oh, me really? to like take up the cowboy lifestyle or it didn't make it, you don't walk out saying like, you know what I gotta do? I gotta get I gotta learn how to be a cowboy. They look like they, they got it made. Even the most whimsical characters, like 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 the rope expert who can like do a lasso around herself and then, right. you know, lasso in that jug of sarsaparilla and slide it down the bar, you know. Yeah. I want to do she that. Would, she would eat. She would meet a grisly end in your oh. short story. I'm afraid. Color <laughs> <laughs> Brothers. I'm afraid that's just how it plays out. Yeah. <laughs> there, there will be a radical tone shift about halfway through, and something <laughs> awful and violent happens to you. But Cowboy Extraordinaire, your your legend will live on. In that's the old right. West lore. The legend will Annie, live on. Do you see yourself? I feel like we're kind of mansplaining this lifestyle to you. I want to hear your opinion. <laughs> Do you see yourself as more of the the like Annie Oakley like you do like some lasso tricks you get like a little yeah. calf like comes uh-huh. out and you can lasso or are you more of the calamity Jane like like you you storm into town you and you ride out on a rail with like big bags of money, like big dollar sign oh, man. over at having this little, the local bank Annie Oakley Annie Oakley for sure they're like gunslinger oh, coming in has a little song as she enters the saloon. You know. We run in different circles, Annie. We run in different circles, you and I. We're, we're two, that's okay. You literally just described the first plot of, Bus- of Busker Shrug. He literally is singing on a horse in his rhinestone outfit, gunslinging. Yeah. And I yeah, will yeah, tell yeah. you this, Annie, if your story ends like his, it's horrible and horrific and very violent because it is a Coen Brothers stuff. It is a Coen Brothers. I, I watched uh, the the Netflix preview of it of what you're of that Buster yeah. Scruggs thing, you know, and yeah. they the autoplay, yeah. and it was that opening scene. It was yeah. it was the that funny looking dude riding, and it just I didn't. I was like, ah. So you're saying it oh, goes you watch a it. very different direction. Well, that's the there. thing. It's six short films and all of them start with some sort of like old West trope. That's pretty whimsical. And again, a, be- a prospector, a, uh, a that's robber. a great word. A prospector Oklahoma, is such Oklahoma a great trail. Word. Uh, but, yeah. They, but yeah, nothing that spoiler alert. They all take a radical tone shift halfway through. And that's sort of like the They're short for a reason. They? Yeah. Yeah. Are they like 20? Are they like a sitcom length? No, they're like 10 minutes each or, or 15 oh. minutes each. Each, Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. They're great. It's great. It was, a, it was, it'd be in my, that entire, the entirety of it would be on my top 10 movies of 20. Oh, me too. Me too. Hey, you know what? I put on wow. my top 10 after this weekend that I saw, and this is a hot take. Huh. And Cameron, I know you saw this film too. Uh, and I was shocked was the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I, oh, like, I'm telling you, I am not a comic book guy at all. And I love that movie. Golden the, emotional, the emotional resonance of they the, the juxtaposition of a coming of age story of like a kid who's like awkward and a middle aged person trying to find their purpose and lose their cynicism. I honestly thought it was one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. I was shocked. I was expecting just a kid's movie. I, I mean, the soundtrack is phenomenal, too. I mean, just yeah. the tone of it, the the visuals of it, the cool factor. Uh, uh, aside, 
a lot of movies would have like that emphasized the visuals and the soundtrack so much. You would think it was almost like they emphasized that too much and the story was lacking. But the story was phenomenal. I mean, like everything about it, the human can everything about it, man. It was such a great movie. It was honestly for me, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but it was inspiring on a creative level just to see something that banged on every cylinder at an absolute 10. To take something that that was a tired, I mean, you know, I know every five years they do another Spider-Man story and it's like the same thing again and again and again. And I just don't connect with it to see fresh life being breathed into an old story was just absolutely phenomenal. My son is now obsessed with Spider-Man. Yeah, and and oh, is playing the PS4 game every day, and we listen to the soundtrack every day, and from the movie, and it, you know, we're I'm very much in a spider in the Spider Verse right now. But I'm telling you, that was phenomenal. I agree. I'm glad you liked it, Jesse. Yeah, I, I I was I was expecting something completely different, and like there was a couple times where I'm like. You know, I'm like looking around and it's all children around me, you know, and I'm just like, I'm not about to cry. No, you, this kid is acting up in the theater. Oh, I'm upset. Oh, I'm fine. Just everyone leave me alone. Just everyone I is always, dark in here. There's, there's always a moment in the movie and I'll see Cohen lean over and look at me and, and I'm to like, see if what? You're crying. And he goes, you always cry. And I'm like, oh. I think as he's trying to get himself out of the moment to like, look at that, because I think he's about to get choked up and yeah. he's saying the thing. And if I'm about to get choked up, I'm going to look at dad. Yeah. Dad's definitely crying. Did you, you know, cry and in into the spider verse? Of course. Come on. You get teared up. I cried, up. I cried <laughs> up. more than once. All right. Well, moving the show along. Uh, there's a lot to cover this week. Uh, and it's time for our weekly look back at what happened in culture and entertainment. It's time for in case you missed it. Hey, in case you missed it. Uh, 2019 started off with a bang with Justin Bieber randomly singing sexual healing to Biola University president, Dr. Barry (laughs) Corey. Oh, so can I just say, you know, we as as professional as a professional editor, as someone who, you know, it's their job to find stories that matter that will engage people. I was out. I was at an appointment and I was in the waiting room and I was on my phone and I saw this on like TMZ or something because I, you know, I'm a respectable journalist. And I texted Tyler and I said, the slice gods have shined down upon us today. (laughs) So, so what happened was, uh, it was the Hollywood, uh, or Beverly Hills Hotel and, and, and the Biebs with his new wife, Haley, uh, uh, Haley Bieber, uh, were exiting to the delight of the paparazzi. And so they were staying there and he was singing the Marvin Gaye song, Sexual Healing. And, and then noticed, uh, uh, an older gentleman awkwardly standing there. So, so Bieber <laughs> goes over, grabs his hand and began singing sexual healing directly to the man. Well, it turns out the man was the Christian university president by only university, uh, Dr. Barry Corey. So Corey was a, a good sport about the whole thing. He took a selfie with the Biebs, although he later said he thought it was Justin Timberlake. So <laughs> oh my God. I read an interview where they're like, do you know who it was? He goes, well, I knew it was somebody famous and people were shouting, Justin, Justin. He's like, oh my gosh, Justin Timberlake. is <laughs> That's hilarious. Dr. Barry Corey is a smooth customer. Like he does not do what the rest of us would do and like kind of awkwardly fumble for his phone and be like, Oh my gosh, a celebrity is singing. Through. Like he treats this like with an, with an everyday grace, like whips the phone out of his pocket and one motion clicks it, puts the phone back in his pocket. It's a very, it's, it's very cool. I'm impressed by his, uh, <laughs> even, though, even though he had no idea you know, who this who person was. was. Maybe if yeah. he knew it was Justin Bieber, he wouldn't have been quite as cool about it. Yeah. 
That was really funny. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, Jesus will star in a new DC Comics series. So the series is called The Second Coming, and Jesus returns to Earth and becomes roommates with a Superman-like superhero. But according to the official plot summary, quote, when he returns to Earth, he's shocked to discover what has become of his gospel, and now he aims to set the record straight. Writer Mark Russell uh, grew up in a Christian home and explained to the website Bleeding Cool that the idea is to challenge modern ideas about the faith. He said, the Christian religion doesn't really base itself on what he taught, particularly in the modern evangelical megachurches. They have him more as a mascot on t-shirts to prove they're on the winning team. Second coming is about Jesus coming down and being appalled by what he sees being done in his name by Christianity in the last 2000 years. He goes by a megachurch and they have a billboard of this Tom Brady looking Jesus Christ throwing a football and he doesn't even recognize himself, which is a metaphor for him, not recognizing what's been done with the religion that bears his name. The series uh, will be published soon on DC's imprint Vertigo. There you go. Interesting. This seems like a pretty high risk. Uh, you know, uh, Tyler did a great analysis uh, for the site about this series. Uh, Tyler Huckabee, who uh, and <coughs> noted in there. This very let's hear, Tyler. Let's hear, I mean, there's us. two Tylers on staff. Yeah, I mean, sure, yeah. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> the one we're speaking to right now, who I will speak on his behalf, even though he has a microphone. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a great analysis. I like your summary a lot better than mine. No, Do but. But, uh, you know, Tyler noted how uh, rare something like this is because when it comes to religious figures, you know, comic books are traditionally pretty risk averse. Like it's a high risk, high reward proposition. You know, the the risk is people get offended and just stop buying it, you know, because it doesn't really appeal to what core fans are looking for. But this seems like, you know, is it, it doesn't mind you know, potentially being a little irreverent, but it seems like they're interested in making some genuine commentary about faith and, and modern culture. Yeah. I'm, I'm familiar with the writer's work and he's, he's very, he's very thought provoking and he has a history of doing, he doesn't really get into superhero stuff very much. He's kind of more of like an indie uh, comic book writer usually. And his stuff is, is quite good. So I've, I've, intrigued to see where he goes with this obviously the potential for it to be pretty irreverent in a way that could be offensive is there but based on the summary that that you just saw bleeding cool i i I definitely am interested in some of the places the commentary could go yeah for sure i don't disagree with his critique Yeah, yeah absolutely Hey, uh, in case you missed it, last week, Fandango calculated the box office totals of all the major Hollywood stars. Annie, I, the other two guys know the answer to this. Annie, who oh, okay. do you think, what Hollywood superstar had the highest box office total in 2018? The movies that this person started. Okay, okay. I love games. Um, I bet, we can I ask, can we do a couple of, can I sure. ask a question? Yeah. yeah. No. Male or is it a female? Uh, well, yes, but that was part of the surprise. Oh, yes, it's a female, and so it's well, not of Chris course, Pratt. The whole thing is a surprise. Her name, it's, her age, her her it's gender. Not, it was it's all not Chris, it's yeah, not Chris like, Pratt. Or, Annie's going the guess who method. Is yeah. she wearing yeah, yeah, yeah. a hat? Yeah. Okay, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does she have on pearl earrings? I would say I will say that I would have never. I would. I don't know about you, Jesse. I would no, not. I, I would not. Wait, wait, that's what's crazy. Is like this is the highest box office actor. So you think this would be Chris Pratt, some huge name, right? You know, Tom Cruise, somebody. Yes. No, it's not a big uh, name uh, at all, which is crazy because they were in the biggest movies of the year. 
Annie, let's 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 try to get let, let's hear one guess. Now that you okay. know it's a woman and you know it's not someone who is generally thought of as like a household name, at least yet. Okay, so I'm gonna make one guess only because I saw her on the Golden Globes and didn't know she was in a big movie. Okay. Is it Penelope Cruz? No. Letitia Wright. Letitia Wright. She her what? movies brought in one point five five billion dollars in twenty eighteen. Which is more than like Chad Bozeman, Chris Pratt, all the Marvel stars. So Letitia's roles, uh, she was in Black Panther, Infinity War, Ready Player One, and The Commuter. And so those four movies made her the all-around box office champ. After the news was released, she uh, what's other what's interesting is she's a really outspoken Christian. That's why we yeah. uh, wanted to mention it. She posted um, after the news was um, got out there. She posted uh, Malachi three ten on Twitter, which says, "See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it." And then she wrote, "God opened a floodgate of blessings." I'm in awe. Uh, earlier this year, she explained uh, to the UK talk show this morning that before becoming a Christian, she almost walked away from acting entirely, but felt God call her back to it. Here's a clip. I was going through a lot, a, a, a very difficult time in my life, and I just needed to take a break um, from acting because I really idolized it. So I, I came off from it and I went on a journey to um, discover God and my relationship with God, and I became a Christian. And it really just gave me so much love and light in my within myself and so much um I felt secure and I felt um like I didn't need validation from anyone else or from the from from getting a part my happiness wasn't dependent on that it was dependent on my relationship yeah. with God yeah I'm I'm like I feel like a lot of people obviously got introduced to Letitia Wright this year because of her you know like her role in Black Panther was one of the highlights right. of the movie you know right. Shuri um, but she also has a really great episode of Black Mirror that she started yeah. it's the final episode of season two right Tyler or season three uh I think three. Yeah, the final episode of season three of Black Mirror, she stars in it. And that's the first thing I saw her in. I was like, I was, I mean, every second she's on scene, on screen is incredibly compelling. She's she's a really exciting talent. And it's you can cool see, to see why big talent studios saw, would see her in something like Black Mirror and be like, we got to get her in front of a bigger yeah. audience. She's, yeah. she's a very, uh, she's, she's got a bright career ahead of her. She'll be around for a long time. Or if she doesn't, she has enough money to not care. Yeah, so. she can also retire tomorrow. <laughs> she she doesn't get the one point five billion. Yeah, she was just in movies that made it. The movies, the, the movies that she's We're, in. Made I'm sure more she's money. still on That's the wrong side okay. of the Hollywood gender pay gap, but yeah. uh, you know, hopefully that'll yeah. change. I mean, yeah, I think that would be really fine. frustrating to be the number one intake uh, in movies and not personally. Yeah. I bet she's all right. I, I bet she's all I'm right. Sure, I'm sure she has like a nice kitchen. Like yeah, I'm, not yeah. worried, I'm not yeah, worried yeah. about Letitia Wright. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I also know that she, if you were to break down how much money she actually made, the male stars in her movie would make probably millions of dollars more than her in every single one of those. Cool, cool, cool. Happy New Year. Pretty cool. <laughs> Sounds fine. Hey, in case you missed it, um, Chicago Bears kicker Cody Parker oh, was, sh- was shown thanking God and story. praying with fellow play- uh, players after missing a heartbreaking game-winning field goal in the playoffs this week. It was one of the craziest endings to an NFL game in recent memory. Uh, after trailing the Bears for much of the fourth quarter, the Eagles rallied back to score a touchdown with hardly any time left on the game clock, giving them a one-point lead. In miraculous fashion, however, the Bears were able to drive down the field to put themselves into field goal range with just seconds left on the clock. So as Bears kicker Cody Parker 
uh, kicked the field goal, sailing through the uprights for what he thought was for the win. The Eagles called their final timeout, negating the kick. So then he lined up again to repeat the kick, and it bounced off the upright and the crossbar, causing Al Michaels to literally shout, that's impossible. However, cameras soon caught Cody, who's an outspoken Christian, pointing to the sky to thank God and then taking a knee with fellow players in a post-game prayer. He's known for uh, expressing his faith even after bad games. Uh, After missing four field goals in a game earlier this year, he told reporters that his teammates were frustrated, but added, who's more frustrated than myself? I mean, this is my job. This is what I'm supposed to do, and I'm missing out there. I've got to just trust in what I'm doing and trust that my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ makes no mistakes. For whatever reason, that was a day I was supposed to have. That's what, you know, Cameron texted me about a typo in a headline one day. And I texted him back and I said, Cameron, my Lord, my Lord, it's not make mistakes. That was supposed to happen. That was supposed to happen. It will be corrected. I've been using that one a lot over yeah. the past couple of weeks. I'm sorry. That, yeah, exactly. What the nice one to have in the chamber. No, that was seriously the, the like, I mean, that, that was such a heartbreaking game for, uh, you know, Bears fans. Obviously, we're, you know, we have, you know, Sam Macho, who is friends with Cody, you know, um, you know, they've done, you know, outreach events together at, uh, you know, Sam is passionate about uh, justice reform and visiting prisons and Cody will go with him sometimes. And I it was I was at I was out at an establishment watching the end of this game with a a friend of mine who is from who is from Philadelphia. (laughs) Were you in jail? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we, the weird thing was Sam was visiting me in prison, and uh, <laughs> I a little wild with the sarsaparilla one night. Um, <laughs> things went all things went from me doing rope tricks to actually whipping someone in the face, and it almost ended like a Buster Scruggs film. But um, <laughs> turns out I've never used a bullwhip before, and uh, they can really get away from you. No, but uh, you know, and the gasp and shouts when that bounced off both bars was literally unlike anything I've ever seen football game and like i could not imagine what was what is going through uh, you know cody's uh, head because their whole season came down to that moment and it, yeah. and all he had to do was repeat what he had just done which is to kick it right to the uprights but to see him literally like look up and do, do what he did every time which is to thank god you know, I thought was a pretty powerful and telling thing. Like it's easy, you know, I mean, I'm obviously it's easy to thank God when things are going good, but to say, Hey, you know, look, it happens, but I'm not going to lose perspective. It was, it was a refreshing thing, you know, turned a lot of uh, Chicago residents against the Lord though. You yeah, know, obviously God loves Nick Foles more than Cody. Uh, because <laughs> obviously that's obvious. Yeah, I'm not a big NFL guy, but I did. I managed to catch the end of this game and, and I was, it was very, it was fascinating. Uh, and I was really gripped by it, but am I right in picking up that this guy has missed a few of these now? This is like not an uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's not having the best year, but I also like, you can tell Tyler's a, a, a sport. Sports fan, a, a fan of sport, because this is how he describes watching a football game. It was fascinating. I was gripped by it. <laughs> it's, hey, dude, this isn't like a Cormac McCarthy novel. Okay, this is no, it this was is a football. It was just, it's the it was closest. Fascinating, fascinating look at the. There's still a storyline. I'm with you, Huck. You're, that you are allowed to say that kind of stuff about sports. Thank you, Annie. Yeah, I, be just be glad that I watched it at all. 
Yeah, that's right. so yeah Ty- Tyler's analysis. Sportsman's failure showcases the downfall of human arrogance. <laughs> was like an old timey like black and white reel before the before the main picture. Fascinating and gripping as the sportsman's failure is all the bar broken hearts. Signing out, Tyler Hackaby. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the style uh, of, a, of an old timey like black and white like before the movies when they would do the war updates. That's Tyler's NFL analysis for... Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to buy war bonds. <laughs> uh, and lastly, in case you missed it, this week Bethel released an incredible cover of the classic gospel song, Ain't No Grave. The spiritual has been a staple of the American song catalog for decades and has been covered by a ton of notable artists, like including Johnny Cash. In this new live version, Molly Skaggs, who is the daughter of country blues legend Ricky Skaggs, as you know, Annie, uh, (laughs) who's also a worship artist with the Bethel Music Collective. Uh, She leads a moving church service through the gripping anthem. Here's a clip. Oh, fear is a liar with a smooth and question you you live in nashville you fashion Damn. yourself a cowgirl extraordinaire you're in the market for a 15 gallon hat one that yes. they don't even make they don't even make <laughs> yeah, that yeah. gallon that that's gallon right. itch, i want know? more than yeah you're right yeah. that's very <laughs> do you Go know ahead. who ricky skaggs is yes okay do you yeah. not no i know who ricky skaggs is but the look on your face when cameron said ricky skaggs I saw. Hey, by the way, was, if you're born with the name Ricky Skaggs, you're going to be a guitar picking you don't legend. Have a choice. Like yeah. that, yeah. that's yeah, yeah. literally his parents did what we did, which was we we called Annie Cowgirl Extraordinaire, and she just kind of had to back that car into the garage. <laughs> like she had to just at that point. It, she what knows what her destiny. Is. And you're like, we're going to name our boy Ricky Skaggs. He has one. He has two. He has three life paths. If your name is yep. Ricky Skaggs. Okay. One is is a failed NASCAR driver, like a disgraced NASCAR driver. <laughs> yeah. Two is to what he is, a guitar picking country music legend. And three is absolutely prison at a young age for <laughs> for, for like a really weird crime. I feel like small town mayor. I feel like a Ricky Skaggs is a small town mayor, but he his, his wears signs a are up hat. all the time. Even when he's been elected, even when he's not running anymore, his signs are everywhere all over Skaggs. town. Like Ricky Skaggs, mayor, 1989. And they just never go He's got away. a plot to shut down the local community center and all the kids yeah. have to rally together to make yeah, money. Oh yeah, he's like an oil man who becomes mayor. And like, but yeah, I, yeah, I can yeah. already pick her. Like Bob Hogg from the Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's very uncool. He's a very uncool mayor. And I already picture the opposition's campaign this, you know, this November. Let's see what Icky Ricky is doing to our town. <laughs> and it's like black and white footage of him walking out of a courtroom, like pushing a camera. Like, Get on out here. And he like pushes the camera away. I can already, I can already see Ricky Skaggs. They get a camera and it's like some of his constituents face. Some old guy's like, 
that boy ain't right. And, yeah. that's, and that becomes like that. And that becomes the, the 2020 like icky Ricky. That boy ain't right. <laughs> and his sign are just say skags and American flags. Skags, yeah, yeah, skags, yeah. skags. Yeah. There's no contain message. It's it just it skags. Is, it is funny how like your name kind of gives somebody an immediate impression. I, there's a yeah. whole, yes. there's an old Seinfeld bit about that, about how certain, you know, if parents name their kids a certain thing that they're pretty much predicting their life path like if you name your kid your baby jeeves he's gonna be a butler you know that kind of way <laughs> butlery yeah. is his thing yeah. you know i mean like that's really interesting though i mean like that did you parent uh your parent jesse did you think about that when naming the baby that like does this sound like a president or does this sound like a an outlaw you know like i i thought of jesse, that stuff if jesse would have thought of outlaw names both his kids would have had he would have been he would have been yeah both of them would be jesse james carey the first in the yeah, yeah. No, I, I do like you, you. That's why I feel like you want to go sort of neutral, you know, unless you're just like, like, I feel like the only other thing is like, if you're like a second or a third or like the, a fourth, you know, yeah, it's like yeah, a generational yeah. name, then you just go straight up for president. Why didn't either of you guys name your sons after you? That's weird and vain. Cameron Jr. I can't imagine naming my son and like uh, talking about putting somebody in your shadow like that. No, you're your own person. You have your own identity. I you're, it was either <laughs> it's either what my child's name was or LeBron Favre Carey. It was a, <laughs> a powerful, <laughs> Dude, powerful, the, strong name. In the early 90s, there were a lot of children in Florida named Shaquille. Uh, I was mean, it really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because you would you would hear about them in the news like 10, 15 years later, like, you know, Shaquille's, you know, would be showing up. But that name didn't exist before Shaquille O'Neal, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Have we already discussed that I was on an airplane with Shaquille O'Neal last month? No. I believe so. I, th- I think so. I thought we talked did about we it. Did we in real life or did we on the show? I didn't know that. <laughs> he is so big that he... How uh, big he, is he? <laughs> he waterfalled over a first class seat. He just in every direction... I've never seen a person that big. I've literally never seen a person that big in real life. It was the coolest thing. Well, this was so this. So he's not flying. He's a man of the people. No, no, he's a man of the people. We were going to L.A. and he was in first class. I was not. And and the well, I think I think he has no choice. He barely could fit in a first class. (laughs) Well, that's probably true. Yeah, he's for sure not cattle calling with the rest of us. It's not possible. Yeah. It's just not, I've, I, it was one of the most interesting things. And I've never seen men, uh, get so googly eyed about a person. I mean, the whole plane of men were all like, did you see that she killed here? And you see that she killed here? And just, I mean, everyone's talking about it. One guy goes up to first class, just breaks through that little barrier of net that you are not supposed to break through and goes and talks to him and just got a tongue lashing from the, uh, stewardess. I mean, it was, it was something. He's massive. That's the big takeaway. And the thing is, I would never be afraid to talk to Shaq because I can tell just by the commercials he does, he does not care. Like, he literally <laughs> does not That's care. That's what he said. He kept saying, I don't care. I don't care. And she was like, he is not allowed to do that. Well, have you seen the ones he does for, like, the gen- the general? Like, yeah. literally, it looks like it was it was animated on, like, a Windows 97 computer. <laughs> and at the, time, at the time, it looked crappy. Like, that's how those general commercials look like, you know? Yeah, I ran into him at Costco once. And that that's something that you don't expect. You turn the corner in a Costco right. and then that human is standing there. I mean, yeah. I, I, I said hi to him. I mean, it's just one of those things that you're like taken aback, though. It's just like, oh, 
like seeing him out in the real world, you know. When you're that that's, size, though, buying Costco portions is is just your. It's normal. just normal. <laughs> that's that's yeah. your life. Yeah. That's I need, listen, listen. I need this many rolls of toilet paper just so my <laughs> Can you imagine though, like how, like I don't know, living life like that, you know? And, and, and you know, he's famous now, but like imagine the people who are that size that aren't famous and they have to just live life with that kind of inconvenience and everybody looking at them and you know, they can't ever be comfortable in a public seat, you know, like it's just, I feel bad. I don't know. Uh, don't. He's fine. He's they all right. Can, they can never, they can never ride a motorcycle or bicycle in a non-comical fashion. <laughs> I, mean, it is, I mean, you see Shaq, ride, you see Shaq riding a bicycle, like a, like a Lance Armstrong road bike with those tiny tires. It'd be like those little Shriner cars. Yeah. yeah no, those little Shriner bikes. Yeah. If you saw Shaq riding down, if like, if, if Lance Armstrong, like let's say they're like a photo shoot of athletes oh, and Lance man. Armstrong's there with his bike and, and, and Shaq's like, let me take that thing for a spin. It would be hilarious. It would be it the would most be hilarious. hilarious thing you've ever seen. That's if true. you could not non-comically ride a bike, I'm, I do. I feel I have some empathy for you. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for In Case You Missed It. Stay tuned. Up next, Levi Lusco joins us. You're listening to Your Smith. The song is Bad Habit. It's the Japanese wallpaper remix. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Cut Copy with Ocean Blue. Well, this week's episode is brought to you by Samaritan Ministries. Samaritan Ministries is a healthcare sharing ministry with over a quarter of a million Christians caring for one another's needs, from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies to organ transplants, all without the use of insurance. With the beginning of a new year comes the opportunity to evaluate improvements to your way of life, and that includes your health care. Samaritan Ministries members say they are, quote, happily uninsured and never plan to return to insurance. Healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries gives members like Jordan and Danielle from Indiana the chance to directly affect someone else's life. They said, quote, having a baby with Samaritan was way better than our first with insurance. Our insurance company kept finding ways to make us pay, and Samaritan was straightforward and not complicated. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join those that are happily uninsured, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. Levi Lusco is the pastor of multi-site Fresh Life Church in Montana and Utah, and is the author of several books, including his latest, I Declare War, Four Keys to Winning the Battle with Yourself. We recently spoke with Levi about the book, how the idea of self-help can be biblical, and how to become a better version of yourself. It's a great conversation to kick off 2019 with. Here's part of our conversation with Levi Lesko. Tell me a little bit about what the inspiration was for I Declare War. Uh, mostly me just getting pissed at myself for sucking and that over and over again uh, I think Albert Einstein said you know, you can't fix a problem at the level of thinking you created it at and I think for me relationally um, I, I kept getting into situations where I'd walk away frustrated but then I would go do the same thing uh, 
the same emotional tantrum and bad behavior that caused me and my brother to have an issue with their kids uh, to me and my, you know, my mom now when, you know, we have an altercation of some sort to my wife and deja vu with my daughters. And, um, and then even just noticing like even uh, people I work with and, and perfect strangers and customer service situations. Basically what I found is I was kind of, um, by God's grace, becoming a little bit more self-aware as I got older is that basically if things aren't going my way, I do the same thing a two-year-old does and have a tantrum, only it looks different when you're 30. It looks a little more passive-aggressive and huffy and hostile and entitled and indignant. And, you know, I don't know about you, bro, but I just, I just got sick of being held hostage by a version of myself that I don't want to be and that I don't think people want to be around. And uh, so I'd rather be David than Saul, but I found myself, you know, being more more Saul than David. And so th- this book is kind of the story of my, my journey of trying to walk in the freedom that Jesus died for me to have. And that means even freedom for me. It's interesting because I feel like a lot of what a lot of people, you know, growing up in the church, they hear a lot of stuff about like basically how to like behavior modification so that you don't do a list of stuff that the church says is really bad. But there isn't a huge focus on like you like you were saying that self-awareness to become a better person. You know, when you start reading the Bible and Jesus messages through that lens, what kind of stood out to you? Well, it's funny because I think um, we're always in the process of swinging from one side of the pendulum to the other, right? So um, either we're hyper on the grace and our behavior doesn't matter, so let's all go get drunk all the time and it's cool because there's freedom in Christ, bro, you know? Or we're on the other side of that swing and it's like, hey, we're discovering the power of holiness and we're discovering sanctification. I think it's equally true that when it comes to, you know, what some would, would be quick to label set behavior modification, like literally a post in my book yesterday, someone just, like it was just the most innocuous post ever. One statement, you know, that, that a thousand verses support the, the what, what the, what the statement was saying. And then the first comment was, where's the gospel in all of this? You know, and I think we've, we, we've gotten to this place where it's like the, the, the desire and the fight, like, no, just gospel, just gospel, just gospel. Well, there's a whole lot of moral teaching in the Bible, too, that shows what it looks like when the gospel has taken root in your heart. You know, so I think when it comes to that sort of thing, what did Martin Luther say? He said, the devil doesn't care which side of the horse you fall off of so long as you don't stay in the saddle. He just wants you to be extreme. And I think what what we're in today, and maybe it's always been this way, is it swings from one side or the other. It's this hyper, you know, grace hyper law hyper, you know and, and the reality is there's there's some sort there's some truth to both and it's faith without works is dead and it's you know it's just just christ on the cross that gives us power but if that's true it's going to show up in your life so i guess what what i'm trying to say in this book is that um there's something so much powerful than self-help and it's god's help and yet god does call us to take wise decisions that help ourselves too the the metaphor of war is really strong. I mean, you know, people think of war as something that's, you know, difficult and violent. When you were, you know, kind of wanting to tackle this idea of kind of self-embetterment and self-improvement, why did you want to use that metaphor? Well, you know, it's handed to us in a thousand metaphors all across the pages of scripture, you know, athletic competition and 
soldiers in military warfare are the two most common um, analogies that Paul likes to employ to, to talk about what it means to be a Jesus follower. And uh, so if we're running a race and we're fighting a good fight, then that means that even as we try and better ourselves by God's grace, that we're going to have to fight. And I think the cool thing about fighting is that it, it shows it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be over quickly. And um, w- someone I so have long respected is Warren Wearsby. And I remember reading a long time ago, one of his books that he said, the Christian life is not a playground, it's a battleground. And the moment you underestimate your enemy, uh, he's going to take you out and he's not going to go for, you know, a, uh, 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 just a, a nice little jab. He's going to go for that jugular. He's going to go for the kill shot. And uh, he's a roaring lion. And if we're going to, we can't play uh, with kid gloves on, we have to be willing to go to blows. And, and that's, that's true in every area. You know, uh, the path of least resistance, the, the path most traveled leads to obesity. It leads to gluttony, leads to, you know, um, hyper in debt, crazy, lazy, entitled millennial, you know, all that stuff. And I don't think any of us want that. And yet the life that we actually want is one that's going to take a fight and we got to get in the, in the, in the ring and our, our own selves tend towards selfishness, narcissism, all those things. And so I, I I, I, I guess I guess when I started fighting a bit, I started to see progress. And when I was willing to get a bloody nose and and and, and but walk into a meeting and say, "Look, I don't want to be a Steve Jobs jerk leader. I want to be kind. I want to be gracious. I don't want to be huffy. I don't want to be hurt. I want to, you know, be vulnerable and in, be confident in, in, in the, the authority God's given me. But at the same time, be be gentle and be someone who want, people want to be around. That took a fight." For someone who, you know, hears this message and they're like, I'm all in, you know, they, they want to declare that war you're talking about with, with the things in the, in their mind and in their heart, but they don't, they are kind of intimidated by the first step. What is, what would you encourage someone to be like the first step that they could take? Well, I think you can't win a battle. You won't admit you're in. So why is it, why does Congress have to like, you know, give the president permission to declare war, you know, because it's a heavy decision. And once it's done, it gives you certain privileges and rights. So, and of course, this isn't a political message, but when a war is declared, that country that's declared war, you know, they have the things they can do differently once they've put their intentions out there of being at war and an enemy combatant they're opposing. So when you choose to step up to that in the book I call it the barbed wire because of Teddy Roosevelt and I don't have time to go into that now but basically when you come to that decision of I'm actually going to do this something changes inside of you and it's just how you think about it and how you speak about it so the person out there I would say make a declaration of war and this may sound cheesy but in the book I actually give you a little certificate where you can write down what in your life you want to oppose whether it's narcissism over shopping online gambling, whatever it is in your life that's holding you back from being who you want to be and to write that down and to sign it and date it. And then what I encourage people to do is to get before God and, you know, show him because, because nothing sanitizes like light, like sunlight and God's presence of confession and repentance there with that. But then I also encourage you to show that to a friend, um, to show it to, to your wife, if it's your pastor, if it's a small group leader or someone who loves Jesus and loves you and can gonna be a little bit of accountability to you. I think there's just incredible power that enables a switch to flip inside of you when you've kind of dragged that into the light and said, no, I'm going to oppose this with all my might. And why is it that God spoke of Joshua and Caleb 
as having a different spirit in them. I think it's because they wholeheartedly follow follow the Lord. And I think so many of us run around doing so many things that we forget to do that one thing that's needed. That was Levi Lusco. Make sure to check out more of this conversation in the current issue of Relevant. It's out now. Seattle University School of Theology and Ministry is pleased to announce the introduction of a new academic degree program. The Master of Arts is a flexible program for students to have the freedom to research the intersection of religion and spirituality with other academic disciplines such as history, healthcare, psychology, social sciences, law, and more. Scholarships are available. Learn more about the MA and all of our other degrees by visiting seattleu.edu forward slash STM forward slash degrees. You're listening to Kodak Black. The song is Calling My Spirit. Yeah, it sounded Christian. You know, Kodak Black. <laughs> okay, it is time for your feedback. Last week on the show, we asked you guys, uh, we got talking about New Year's resolutions. And uh, we got asking you about yours. So you guys hit us up on Twitter and you posted on the uh, podcast episode page your resolutions for 2019. Here's a few that caught our eye. We, 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 had, we had some feedback on a variety of topics as well, but uh, uh, I, that I think we need to address at least a couple of these. But I will start with New Year's resolutions. Eric says, 2019 resolution, be more compassionate or... Okay. Learn the art of falconry. <laughs> I like how we positioned this, and he, and he made sure That's to or leave either or on yeah. there. Like yeah. this is There's like no if you're there. No, no. If you if you if you're a falconry, what, what's what's the falconist? I don't no, know what falconer. they're. I don't know the proper nomenclature. A falconer. 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 But it involves you have to have a seriously lack of empathy. Like it, all <laughs> falconry people are borderline sociopaths. Like you cannot have feelings. Like it is a brutal form. Like when you're, there's no way that you can professionally swing a dead mouse around on a little string and be a normal human being. You got to have no compassion or empathy. So good choice there, Eric. <laughs> Jesse, did, I I was going through. I don't know. I move. You know, unpacking and finally moving into some things at the house and stuff and i came across some old rooms. photos They're called rooms uh, well it's more like storage tubs and stuff you know but sure. like yeah. uh, i was organizing and purging and 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 i came across some old photos of and one one of them in particular was i don't know five years ago when you and and snavely and i we went to medieval times yes and oh, and, and 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 jeered one of the nights and then <laughs> we didn't know that all the knights come and hang out and mingle afterwards with you. <laughs> we got personal. And the and thing then, is, we oh, got man. personal. And then the falconer was there. Do you remember the falconer was yes. there in, in the lobby and you could walk right up there and, and talk to the falconer and stuff? I like oh, yeah. walked right up and thinking he, and this is why I know falconers are very Weird. serious people yeah. uh, who are borderline sociopaths because yeah. it does involve, I, I never like witnessed falconry up close before. And like literally, it's a, not some big secret to get the falcon to come back to you. You literally have a dead limp mouse on a train and you just swing it around like a weirdo like that's how you get the falcon there's no Wait, magic it's not call. like a training no jesse 
I'm telling I mean, you, it's more than just a mouse on a string. I can't walk outside with a mouse on a string and have a falcon come to me. Oh, uh, if you're I mean, in Florida, you probably have you ever tried? Have you ever tried? <laughs> I got to get my hat. Let me go get my hat <laughs> and my mouse on a string. Yeah, get one of the giant leather oven mitt sleeves because they got talons. All right, Annie. 2019. There's my new resolution. I'll take the falconry. He can be compassionate. There are some things that take like a special, like you have to be born with it. Or you got, or you, or uh, some people are born with it. Some people have to make their own. Which one do you think falconry is? Like, are there some people who are just like, now that guy, that's a born falconer. Like the falcon sage looks at the pupil and is like, I think this kid, this is going to be my ward. I can just tell he's got the in his DNA. He's a falconer. I mean, the, the, I, I, the, the people growing up on the ranch in Montana, you know, I get, I get should, that yeah. they kind of naturally just go there. It's the guy who has his one bedroom apartment, not a lot of friends, gets an online course and decides he wants to adopt this profession. That's the guy that I think eventually gets employed at medieval times. Yeah. That dude's not to right. have a very exotic name too. Like that's right. his one where your where your parents are really going Great all out there. You. And you're Save like, you okay, path. I'm gonna give you a name where you, you're either gonna be a falconer or a magician. Alfonso Sphinx. <laughs> Alfonso Sphinx. You got two career paths there, Alfonso. Oh yeah. I really I'm I'm very interested in Carter Lloyd. His New Year's resolution is I'm getting the girl back. Okay, Carter. You there get it. Proclaimed I, it. Proclaimed it. Proclaimed it publicly. Here's like, my advice to Carter. Okay. Tread lightly. <laughs> she, she. It sounds like she has said no. It sounds like. It sounds like she. It sounds like she. She like put up a stop. And I think that Carter, if you're out there listening, I, I appreciate the hustle. Uh, and I and I'm sure you know. And I, I admire that. I've seen this movie too, so I, I know that there is like there can be a happy ending. But but my advice is. If she's if she said no, then tread light. I will say this, Carter. The exclamation point in your tweet concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> it went from charming to I'm a little concerned. Yeah, but, because uh, that you could replace where shot, he man. said I'm getting the girl back exclamation point. He could replace the girl with like I'm getting my 2017 body back. Like it sounds yeah. like it's yeah. it, he's lost something that he's going to go find. I'm going to get my my I, savings I'll say this. account I, back. I would have a lot less red flags if if he replaced the explanation point with an, a question mark. I'm getting the girl back. And it's like, oh, no, that's charming. That is charming, Carter. The exclamation yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pump the brakes a little. I just yeah, yeah. give just it a, a, few, a slow. There's no way she's on Twitter. If she's on Twitter, hey, if she's on Twitter, he's not getting her back after that. This, is, this this could be this this could be how you got yourself here in the first place, Carter. Yeah. Stuff like this. Something, Annie, something, Annie, this is, Annie, this is, is why it, 2018 went south for you, Carter. That's right. Is it Annie, from a girl's perspective, is it charming when a man pursues like Carter clearly Good is question. intended to do? Is it? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I think I think if we're going to answer quasi seriously, I think it can. I mean, yeah, I think it can be. But also, I think if you've set your boundaries and and you've set your boundaries, then you sh- he should respect that as well. So we'll see what happens. So, so that's just- the, the, but that's the conundrum. She's she sure. clearly did set the boundary, ended the relationship, you know, and she's trying to live her best life now. Carter's yeah. over here plotting. Yeah, that, he's plotting. Is that With explanation? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so it's like you you hear on one hand as a guy, you hear that the girl wants to be pursued and wooed and and like go at, go get her, go after her, uh-huh. but then. You're saying I'm a strong independent woman. I rejected you. I don't want you in my life anymore. Leave me alone. I have, like, you know, like the guy doesn't know. I think her until position. she actually says that, 
Carter. That's the real stop. The real stop sign is thank you next. And so when you, when you get, I mean, I set boundaries. Right. Right. I mean, I think that I, Cameron, I don't want to answer. I don't want to, but Tyler, she didn't set boundaries because then she's like hanging out with her ex-boyfriend and stuff like that now. And it's like, that gives guys like Carter hope. Oh, Hanging out with her ex boyfriend. She is like right now. I'm not, I'm not up to date. Now, sounds, now I'm getting this confused. This sounds very specific. About. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are you Carter? <laughs> I'm just saying, poor Carter. You guys are throwing him under the bus. No, I'm just saying. The poor guy is this somebody's burner account? He's watching. He's watching Ariana Grande on Twitter, hanging out with her ex boyfriend. Right, right. He's like, I'm gonna go get her back. Oh, I got, I see, you, I see, you know, I see. like uh-huh. I'm just saying, you're confusing Carter. Poor Carter. Carter I'm no, just saying. No, not poor Carter. Not poor Carter. Poor Carter's ex girlfriend. That's what we're see. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't know what did Carter do. That's the issue. That's yeah, what we I don't mean. know. We don't know enough. We're, we're making we, we a lot of assumptions. We're writing we a lot of story ourselves. around we're this exclamation lot, point. We're reading a lot into it, but, yeah, which I like. like. It's one of the reasons I show up here every week. It's because we do stupid stuff like this. But Carter, be smart. Be kind. <laughs> Uh, respect Probably your boundaries. Carter's talking about a dog that he like left at his parents' house while he went to. Yeah. I'm gonna like, get my go dog get, back. I'm gonna get girl my my pet ball back. <laughs> yeah, because the truth is, you also don't want like you don't want to be the guy that the girl starts telling her friends that she's thinking about a restraining order. And right. I've seen that happen in my life. And Ooh, I don't oh, want to really? be. You don't want to be the guy that like gives up when she isn't sure. Just I, I think this isn't gonna work and. And then he comes back and she's thrilled, right? So I will y'all say this. A, y'all gotta Amy, that I will say this. I saw a trailer for a film at the beginning of Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And uh-huh. it showed the entirety of the film. And it was about some guy. It was a lost dog film. A very, oh, a very heartwarming genre. Film. I it saw showed the it whole too, thing. And all the, the guy comes back from war after he picked out the dog from like a kennel when he was like 13. Yeah. And like a, there was a moving truck incident where the dog is shipped across the country. It's homeward bound. The, the, the yeah. dog befriends a mountain lion on the way yeah. back and saves yeah. like a man from an avalanche. I was gripped. You talk about fascinating <laughs> and gripping, Tyler. This was, you know. Yes. It, yes. it really was an interesting uh, strategy for a trailer. Where they literally gave away the, gave entire, the entire movie. I mean, it, 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 the it the really dog was. shows up, and you're like, yeah. "Well, then why am I going to pay money?" Well, the movie is called movie "A Dog's Way anymore. Home." I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go see this movie. Like literally, I saw the dog. I saw the relationship with the dog develop over the yeah. years. Yes. I saw him go to Iraq. I saw yes. him come home and get married and have his first child. Then I saw the the movie's not even started yet. <laughs> then the dog gets shipped across the country in like a U-Haul. I saw him befriend a mountain lion, literally <laughs> licking a mountain lion. Okay. I, I, the, I've got all the highlights. He saved that guy from an avalanche. Right. You know, he's swimming right. across a whitewater rapid. It's an impressive film. But, but, it's but I like, saw the but, whole so thing. So tell me what this has to do with Carter Lloyd getting his girl back. Oh, I was saying, what I was saying is it could be talking about that movie. Go get, I'm going to get oh. that girl. I'm going to get my girl back. And it's like, his, that's this his beloved like childhood dog. a marketing campaign for that <laughs> yeah. one movie that we saw the whole thing in. in that, the sorry. That's, okay. that's what I, I'm that glad you brought me back. Better. I'm glad you got me back. I got a little far. It you was know, a tenuous connection, but I see where yeah, you're yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, we're, we're, we're projecting Carter. on Carter like he's like he like this is some girl that doesn't want his attention. He doesn't know that we don't know that his dog, we don't know that his beloved family dog wasn't shipped across the country and 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 she's waiting to be rescued. We I'm don't know the girl that. back. But I will say with this segment, we have effectively d- tanked Carter's New Year's resolution. <laughs> like we have, if she we listens have undermined, to the show, which she probably we have does. undermined it. I mean, we've even told we've we've all but said Carter. 
this is a this we've we've said it's a bad idea. We've said it's a good idea. We've said it's confusing. We've said it might be a dog. I, to I be fair, that. he tweeted us. We aren't just bringing a friend on that we're blowing up like <laughs> no, this. He tweeted true. us. No, I know. I know. No, this is, this is my only thing is where where's she coming from? You know, and then we Absolutely. can either encourage Carter or we right. can encourage him to right. stay away. But that's like right. that's we what I'm saying. We need her to her tell on. us: Are you do, are you really out, or did you just need a break to work on yourself and right. need some time? And you still find Carter to be a man you would like to spend time with, right? Right. And Don't and whatever she says, we believe her. Okay, well, I'll move on to uh, 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 Ryan's. Ryan just straight up went for a flex in 2000. He's making all of our 2019s look hor- look so lame. Here's what Ryan said. Okay, this is this is a straight up. This is like I said, it's making all of our re- resolutions look bad. He said in 2019, I'm resolving to take our 15 year old foster child to Costa Rica. She's never been out of the U.S. That's a great resolution. That's great. You could have stopped there, Ryan. Instead, you had to add, I'm hoping to take a wing walking lesson, learn ice climbing, go heli kayaking and finishing my second book. Okay. You, we got or, it. You're a great guy. Pump the brakes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hold we on, were impressed. On. On. We were impressed. But the last with you. one, the last one might have meant reading. That he's trying to finish his second <laughs> yeah. book. Read, read, read his second book. Listen, ever. I've got the hottest take for all of you. Ryan okay. and Carter are best friends. They, they're they like bros. And yeah. Ryan's going to take the foster child to Costa Rica and Carter's going to go get her back. That's the oh, get her back. That's the girl oh, he's going to get back. Go. He's going to bring oh, her see. back. Okay. Go get oh, the one tweet kind of a, in two parts. Kind of, you kind of got a two men in a baby situation. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> two men in a teen situation. So uh, there's a lot more where that came from. You guys have a lot of goals this year. So it's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Uh, well, okay. So on this week's show, we had two stories of celebrity encounters. Uh, Justin Bieber uh, running into. Biola University President Dr. Barry Corey and singing sexual healing to him. They're being caught on tape. Uh, and Annie uh walking by Shaq, who was in He's the first so class. Big. He's so big. I watched him the whole flight. So we want to know your craziest or most memorable or favorite celebrity encounter. I know we've asked things like that in the past of like seeing celebrities on the real world and stuff like that, but humorous. We want to know. Been a couple, it's been some time. It's been, it's been a little while. We like celebrity stories. I've it, seen some celebrities since the last time we talked about it. Maybe I'll chime no, in. I heard yours. Yeah. I heard yours recently and it was <gasps> what? very disappointing then. Tyler had a celebrity encounter <laughs> recently. What? And he shot his shot and it, and it did I, not. Did you really? I shot my shot and I, and I, it didn't, it didn't what? play super well. I mean, it was very, it was a, <laughs> who was it? I, I was in, I was in Joshua Tree with my wife and we were unplugging, we were getting away. We had a little Airbnb out there, no phones, no internet. It was very cool. And the only thing around us for miles in any direction was this, was this biker bar. And it was kind of a day. It was, it was kind of a seedy looking spot, but we could walk up the road there uh, to get like a, to get a sandwich or something. And we went there middle of the day and we walked in and inside the front door is Jason Momoa. And you want to talk about a guy who is very bit, uh, he's, he's Aquaman. Oh, 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 sure, sure, sure. He's a very big, he's Hawaiian. He's like, he's an extremely large dude. And, uh, he was known, he's known for being pretty friendly with his fans, but I, he must've been out there to kind of get away from it all. He has this line in the justice league movie where he just says, my man. And it became kind of a (laughs) meme on Twitter, my man. So I saw him and I was like, Oh, I'm going to shoot my shot. He's sitting at the bar. No. (laughs) And and I sat next to him and I just looked over at him and I was like, Oh, man. And guys, if eyes were fists, 
I would not be here <laughs> to tell the story today. <laughs> oh that's like, that's like us reading a comment on Facebook that's like more like irrelevant. Yeah. Like, you, you, you hear it so much, you're like, just it was lazy. get out of my face right now. Yeah. Oh my I think gosh. Joshua Tree had baked my brains a little bit because I don't normally, you know, I don't I don't go up and bother people when I see them. Around. I, I, I have never done that before and now never will again. <laughs> wow. I mean, why would you say my man? You could just like kind of if he catches your eye, you just be like, big fan. You know, just I like I'm, I'm cool. Like, like I'm, like I'm cool. I'm not gonna bother you. Like I like what you do, man. A big fan, yeah. you know, but I'm cool. No, I my man well. means I you're a, a, I, I, man. you know what? God doesn't make mistakes. And Jesus Christ and you know it, Cameron. <laughs> that was no the mistakes. interaction he wanted me to have. And who am I to argue with his plan? Also, Jesus, my Yeah, man. you want to know why I did it? Why don't you ask him? Okay? You want to ask him? You're tough, ask him. He made he me this make way. mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. That's Jason that's embarrassing. Is, is he that's, very that's tall next to you? I mean, I would imagine oh, he's, he's taller than you imagine, yeah. He's huge. There's a very funny photo of Jason Memo with his two bodyguards. And it's like, why does this man have bodyguards? They are shorter yeah. than him by the solid head and a half. Yeah. <laughs> they look, he dwarf, they're there to make sure that he doesn't kill somebody who comes up to talk <laughs> to right, him. That's right. They're they were there, there for my I saw, I saw that in the caption. That's right. Yeah, somebody said that. Did you? My favorite, like, uh, big celebrities to follow, like, on Instagram, like The Rock and his little yeah, rivalry yeah. with Kevin Hart, you know, oh, he'll post yes. little pictures of. The, the size difference between these two humans is so funny. But speaking of Shaq, did you see like they uh, there was a picture of Shaq and Charles Barkley in The Rock, like in the gym, oh, like yeah. working out. Yeah. And, and and The Rock posted it. He said, now I know how Kevin Hart feels because The Rock <laughs> looks so little compared really to does. Shaq and it's Charles insane. Barkley. It's crazy. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Because The Rock is a big man and Shaq makes him look like my side. He looks yeah. very small. Yeah, I'm incredible. telling y'all, Shaq is massive. <laughs> I am here to proclaim it. Seven foot it. two, 350 pounds. I mean, yeah, he's massive. There's a picture. I want to say it's like Spud Webb and Manuk Bowl or like yeah. Yao Ming and, uh, or, or, but either way, it's like two NBA players who are in the league at the same time. And one is like five, six and the other one's like seven, seven. And it is shocking to see the difference of, you know, how big and small two humans can be. Yeah. Right. So tell us your, uh, favorite or most memorable celebrity encounter. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast, or you can post your longer stories on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Well, many thanks to Levi Lusco for joining us today. His new book, I Declare War, is out now. You can follow him on Twitter at Levi Lusco. Also, thanks to Samaritan Ministries for making the episode possible. If you'd like to learn more about how you can join those that are happily uninsured, visit SamaritanMinistries.org slash relevant. Hey, if you like uh, the show, head over to iTunes and leave a review and uh, and rate it for us. We I've noticed, have you noticed in the past few months since we've been mentioning this, like there's been like 500 new reviews of yeah. the show. Um, uh, a couple of them, uh, Jesse, you keep your eye on it and to, to yeah. keep your finger on the pulse, the buzz to see what people are saying about the show. What are people saying? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you one uh, while in the show with one that I appreciated, and this is from Wendy Jolson, and it's a five star review. I listen to the relevant podcast just about every week. I only started listening this summer, so I'm way behind. But anytime I need to pick me up or a reason to get a laugh, I turn one on. Blah 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 blah. blah. A lot of great stuff about the show. It's helped me through tough times. Here's what it ends on. When are y'all going to have Mr. Strang on? I'm dying to hear more about the lineage book. Five stars. Give us more feedback and reviews like that. You know? So, yeah. Leave us, leave us a review. And we'll we want to hear him. from you. 
We'll I will. Him, I will say this. I will say this. This is behind okay. the scenes. <gasps> yes. So the other day, I was working with our booker uh, to map out the year's worth of interviews for unedited, the long form interview podcast that we recently launched. And just, I went through all my contacts, and here's all my friends that I want to talk to on the show. There was, I ended up being 93 names of people that you know we were going to reach out to, and I put on the list Steve Strang. Oh, because and I won't do it anytime soon. I, I want the show to be established for quite a while before I do it. But it actually would be a fascinating conversation. He started Charisma Magazine at 24. I started yeah. Relevant at 24. And he was part of a part of a stream of Christianity with the charismatic televangelist world and all that stuff. And then they all went moral majority and political. And it'd just be interesting to talk about kind of like, you know, a lot of what's he seen. And I'm interested in legacy and 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 like there's a whole generation of church leaders uh his peers that are you know you know uh i don't know having to hand the baton to the next generation and what does that look like i'm in, i'm just in, so there is an actual conversation that isn't a joke about my dad's lineage book that actually could be fascinating you know yeah i would i, I would be oh, all yeah. in all yeah. in yeah 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 i'm here for I that would listen. and yes. then you know if Somebody asked who hurt you. I could say my dad. Let's talk about it. And so, you know, oh we could talk about our terrible relationship growing up, you know, so strange, and the episode title strained strangs, the tension behind a relationship. I can't wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Strange strangs. Strangs. Strange stranger things. That's what we yeah. call the episode. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't used stranger things yet, but it's right there on the bottom shelf. Yeah, I mean, anytime we want to go there. Yeah, exactly. I'm the lowest one right by the floor. Yeah. All right. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Tyler Huckabee. And I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. Sportsman's failure showcases the downfall of human arrogance. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.